It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As the 2020 season rages on, the Locked On Reds podcast will be here each and every day to detail each win, each loss, and every transaction as the Reds look to move toward a playoff berth. My name is Jeff Carr. Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. What's up, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today on this a little bit later than normal episode. Thank you so much for downloading here today. Going to give lots and lots of credit to our man, Michael Lorenzen. What a start he had yesterday. Also, want to talk about Shogo Akiyama and wrap it all up in a ball that praises David Bell for something that we were hammering him for a couple of weeks ago. We're going to get into all of that here in just a minute. But before we do, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on all the many podcasting platforms. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And get those Locked On Reds line questions, comments, reactions, everything in 513-549-0159. I'm going to do a couple of those at the end of today's show. And real quick, too, before we jump into what I wanted to talk about today, a quick shout out to our friends over at RedsContentPlus.com. Today, just a one-day-only little fundraiser that they are doing, they have a lot of great content that they pump out over at RedsContentPlus.com. Absolute best game recaps in the biz. That's not a slight against anybody. That's just saying that Reds Content Plus puts out the best stuff when it comes to game recaps. They've got a lot of great in-depth analysis, and they are a uh, they're kind of their own website when it comes to that. They're not affiliated with the Reds or anything like that. They just love the Reds and they love to write about them. Go check them out. Throw them a couple bucks their way and support their work because they do awesome work. All right. Speaking of awesome work, Michael Lorenzen, how about that spot start? I'm sure some of you guys were wondering, oh my gosh, what is he doing on the mound to begin the game? He's kind of had a rough year. Well, how about that? Five innings of one run baseball. He had six strikeouts and more importantly, he didn't walk anybody. That's kind of been his bugaboo so far this year between giving up the long ball and giving up the walks. He didn't do any of that on Tuesday. Absolutely phenomenal start by him. And not only that, but he was efficient with his pitches. And that was something that Lance McAllister was talking about on Extra Innings last night. When you look at this start, if he comes out in the first inning and he tosses like 25 pitches and just barely scrapes by getting out of the first inning, David Bell is starting to formulate a bullpen game plan. But the way that Lorenzen pitched, just constantly being on his game, efficient, getting outs when he needed to, not trying to pitch around guys, not trying to paint the corners every every pitch, he pitched phenomenally. And I was very happy to see that. His first start in two years, and he really 
did well. A a good um, fill-in appearance, spot start for the Renzen in uh, the stead of Sonny Gray, who was put on the injured list. Hopefully we'll see him back soon. These are the kind of performances that a good team gets. A, a guy that they're not expecting to be one of their main starters, not even expecting to be a guy that they have in any sort of rotation, comes in and just pitches phenomenally well. Very happy for our man, Michael Lorenzen. And speaking of Lorenzen, he's in this group, this group of guys that David Bell stuck with. We we were lambasting, and I was among this group of people that were absolutely just giving it to David Bell because after every loss, after every time the Reds went out, got one hit, gave up five or six runs out of the bullpen, and just blew the game, and continue to add to a under 500 record. And then David Bell would come up to the podium. Well, you know, uh, we really like our guys and we, um, you know, they're going to get better. They're, they're going to improve and we just got to keep doing the little things better. And uh, yeah, we were getting really tired of hearing that. That was getting a little old, really, really fast. But here we are. Have you looked at some of the guys that he's stuck with? Have you looked at how their last, you know, couple of weeks have been? I know I'm getting a little small in the sample size, but let's just look at the month of September for some of these guys. In the first case right here is going to be Shogo Akiyama. Holy cow. Talk about a turnaround. This is more of what we were looking for when we heard the scouting reports, when we heard what Shogo was in Japan. He comes over to the major leagues, starts off real slow. But in the month of September, holy cow, he's batting 333. He's getting on base almost half the time, and he's got 11 walks compared to just six strikeouts. That is what we were hoping for. Now, obviously, we weren't expecting him to have a 500 on base percentage, but the plate discipline, the long at bats, even when he is getting out, he's still taking seven, eight, nine pitches to do that. It is a chore for a pitcher to pitch to him right now. And I'm not talking about your lower rung Joe Musgroves of the world. That's right. I said it. Joe Musgrove, lower rung pitcher, whatever. We're not talking about those guys. Any pitcher steps up on the mound right now, they're going to have to throw a lot of pitches to Shogo Akiyama. Huge shout out for David Bell sticking with him. And what about our man Tucker Barnhart? Tuck ever blasting, as he's known on Twitter whenever he hits a home run. He's hit three of those this month. He's batting 286 with a 423 on base percentage in the month of September. And before you say, well, it's probably a small sample size, it is 26 plate appearances. So that's, while it's not big, I, I, I grant you that, it's also not like, you know, only a handful. He's doing pretty good. Got a 1185, 1.185 OPS. Good month for him as well. A couple of guys that they've stuck with. And then, of course, Lorenzen, his performance yesterday just adds to the fact that if you take out the month of July, which was only two and two-thirds innings worth of work for him, but he just absolutely got destroyed in those two and two-thirds innings, he's looked like the Michael Lorenzen we expected him to be. And one more. This is a guy that I think we are all ambivalent on our friend Steve Offenbaker likes to call him Mr. Horribly Wrong but Rysel Iglesias 
has put together a nice season, whether or not you want to admit it. Now, his ERA is three and a half, so that's not exactly what you would want from a top-flight closer, but I don't think we were all expecting him to come in here and be like Eric Gagne or something like that. We just wanted to see some decent pitching performances, and he's put a lot of those together here recently. And man was about to step up and pitch both uh doubleheader games yesterday before the Reds blew the doors off of game two and they didn't need him anymore. But he's got seven saves on the season right now. And yeah, he's had a couple of rough performances, but when you look at some of the numbers, like his strikeout per nine is still 12, where it was last year, which is his career high, 12 strikeouts per nine. And his hits per nine innings So just, you know, rate stats, stuff like that, that's down. His home runs are down, and his walks are slightly down, too, for the year as a whole. And his fielding independent pitching, which can be a little bit fickle for relief pitchers, is 2.26. So everybody that's saying we need to replace Rysel Iglesias, like the other day, when or actually yesterday, and we'll give a shout-out to this dude, too, Amir Garrett with his first ever save. Now, I don't really get up for the whole save statistic thing, but he was happy. AG was loving that save, and I'd be remiss. I I can't even believe I was so stuck in the moment, like talking about these guys that Bell has stuck with. Almost forgot about this. What about the pivotal play of the game? The pivotal play of the game. Beer Garrett on the hill. He has... No saves in his big league career. And this one caught. A leaping catch at the wall by Brian Goodwood. Well, Colin Moran hit it hard, but he hit it very high. And he gave a chance for the center fielder Goodwin to get over there. Now you had to time it just right. And that's a great catch. Getting up there a little bit. That was an absolutely important part of yesterday's win. It was great that the Reds had scored four runs, Tucker with the home run. They put a lot on him in the first inning. But at the same token, you felt like that very first pitch with everything going the Reds' way. However, the Reds hadn't really scored that. I mean, they hadn't done much with the bat for the rest of the game ever since Tucker's home run. And then the Pirates come out, very first pitch, Colin Moran hits a long fly ball, the kind of quintessential fly ball in Great American Ballpark that just randomly turns into a home run. Because as soon as it comes off the bat, you see Goodwin and Aquino, who had come in for Castellanos in right field, both of them drifting back, drifting back, closer to the wall. You're like, oh my gosh, is this going to leave the yard? Is this going to cut the lead to two? No. Brian Goodwin with an amazing catch. And yes, insert pun here about Goodwin from Goodwin. It was, it was yeah, whatever. Okay, that, that's overused. I know. But a great catch nonetheless. And that really set things up because Amir Garrett was a little wild. His command was a little all over the place. And he even said in the postgame interview that he, he had some adrenaline rush coming in for that save. And so that's kind of why his command was a little bit down. But he was able to get the outs that he had to get. It didn't look pretty. It looked a little sloppy. But they got the win. And Amir Garrett got the save. So shout out for him as well. 
And, but I say all that to say this. There was a guy that called into Extra Innings the other day that said, well, okay, do you think Amir Garrett's going to replace Rysel Iglesias as the closer right now? No! Look, for everybody that doesn't like Rysel Iglesias, he's pitched pretty good lately. You can't deny that. Dude's going to be the closer for a little while. As much as I hate the whole term closer, I think you should just use the bullpen as you see fit, but whatever. That's that's where we are with Rysel Iglesias. Anyway... I'm happy that David Bell has stuck with the guys that he stuck with. The guys that we were just bored to tears and so annoyed with the fact that he's like, well, we're going we're gonna to stick with these guys. They're going to get better. Well, guess what? He, he was kind of right. So let's give some credit to David Bell today. All right. Coming up, I've got some Jeff's junk mail. We're going to dive into the Lockdown Reds line stuff. But how about you go dive into a Built Bar? Built Bar tastes like a candy bar but it's healthy for you it's a protein bar and got a lot of great macros and all those awesome numbers and stuff like that if you're a nutrition fiend built bar is for you if you like really great tasting stuff that's chocolate built bar is for you and if you have not tried it already i've got this great little offer for you go to builtbar.com and type in locked on for the promo code you'll get ten dollars off your next order that's right ten dollars off of the amazingly delicious and specifically nutritious built bar they've got so many great flavors like cookies and cream brand new flavor to the lineup it tastes amazing of course you got the staples like peanut butter chocolate you've got german chocolate cake you've got strawberry chocolate cherry barcia all of the above just sounds, I mean, my mouth is watering right now. I'm ready for a snack. Going to go grab a Built Bar. You should, too. Head over to BuiltBar.com with the promo code locked on, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Wanted to get to one more thing, too, before I jump into some Jeff's junk mail. Uh, Yesterday, there was this weird feeling in between plays. You saw Reds yelling at Pirates. You saw Pirates yelling at Reds. And I think it was at least a good sign that that didn't escalate because it seemed like it would. It seemed like it was building to a crescendo. But thankfully, that never happened. The Reds were able to lay off of that because if you're the Pirates, you're in a no-win scenario. So why not? You're in the... You're backed up into the corner. Let's take a team that's contending and get them all riled up. Get them with a few suspensions, all that good stuff. Draw them into a fight, you know. I I am okay with the fact that the Reds did not get pulled into a situation like that. But my gosh, like Joe Musgrove, what what on earth? Like, you know, that, that, that was annoying. He was pitching poorly, and he's trying to chirp at guys. Like, I... Who knows? I don't know. That was some people were saying, well, the Reds started it. I don't care. I'm just glad that they didn't go any further than what looked like some, uh, you know, some trash talking. I'm not going to say it was good natured. Didn't look very good natured to me. But anyway, got time for one Jeff's junk mail thing. Get those lockdown Reds line stuff in 513-549-0159 or on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and at lockdown Reds. One thing I'm going to get to today is from Chris in Reading. Chris asks, are the Reds trying to sneak on in to the playoffs? And that's an interesting look because today is going to be an interesting day. So long as the Reds win, they've got Luis Castillo on the mound going up against uh, JT Brubaker for the Pirates. So that 
matchup in and of itself, I give the advantage to our red legs. Hopefully they can take advantage of that advantage. But if they win, they put themselves, obviously, in an amazing situation. They sweep the Pirates four games. They got a five-game win streak, seven out of eight. It's an amazing streak. Plus, both the Giants and the Cardinals have doubleheader games today. The Giants play two against Seattle, and the Cardinals play two against the Brewers. The Brewers, who just absolutely destroyed the Cardinals last night, 18-3. to That's right, 18 to three over Jack Flaherty and the Cardinals. Not some rando pitcher that the Cardinals threw out there. No, their ace got destroyed by Milwaukee. So hopefully, I mean, you know, fingers crossed that the Mariners can win two, the Brewers can win two, and the Reds can win one because that puts the Reds in a very, very nice spot. I think that would put them, that would definitely put them in the eighth seed of the National League. And... I think that might put them in second place or at least put them in a tie with the Cardinals for second place. Maybe. I don't know. My math might be off there. Somebody tweet at me if my math is off because that's highly possible. But we are talking about the Reds sneaking on in. You remember a couple of weeks ago, I was just like, nope, stop it. Stop it. The season's over. It's over. I Boy, I was wrong. I love it. Jeff, you were wrong. This was Tenet. I'd have like a machine and I could send it back in time and then I would hear it as I'm recording that podcast a couple of weeks ago. But whatever. No, no, no. I'm happy that I was wrong. I'm happy that this team seems to be putting it together to get to where we knew they could be. And I love it. I hope they continue this momentum. There are 10 games left, including today. Six of them are against extremely Tough teams. And the Brewers are nothing to shake a stick at either. But the White Sox and the Twins. White Sox coming up this weekend. I think we all have our eye on that series because if the Reds win today and if the Reds can somehow take two out of three against Chicago this weekend, they'd be a 500 ball club at the end of this week with seven games or no, six games to go against the Brewers and the Twins. Right, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but it's nice to be able to do that. Remember when I was saying we're going to take it a day at a time, we're just going to enjoy each game for what it is and look at some players' performances for next year? Yeah, thankfully they didn't listen to me on that. They came back, they started winning, now we're close to a playoff spot. Hopefully everything flows away. Like I mentioned, doubleheader for San Francisco today against Seattle, doubleheader for St. Louis today against Milwaukee, and with a Reds win, we can definitely do some scoreboard watching on those games. All right, that's going to do it for us here today on tomorrow's episode. Tomorrow's going to be an off day for the Reds, so we're going to have a little bit of an extended episode, lots and lots to get to. Hopefully, we'll be talking about a win. We'll preview this series with the White Sox and a whole lot more. You're not going to want to miss it. Make sure that you're subscribed. That way you don't miss it on whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening to. Follow me on Twitter, all that good stuff. Save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone. Yeah. Now, tell your smart device to play Locked On Major League Baseball, and I will talk to every single one of you tomorrow. Let's go, Rex. Hey. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.